Thank you for listening to Sports Unfolded here on Anchor. We want to thank Anchor for everything they've done. It is easy to use, so I suggest everybody get out there and make a podcast, put it on Anchor, and show it to the world. So once again, thank you for watching Sports Unfolded on Anchor. Thank you very much. Hope to hear from you soon. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, welcome to the Wrestling Den. I am your host, as always, the Macho Man, Ricky Savage. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and I'm here, too. <laughs> and who are you supposed to be? Uh, Nikolai Jerkoff. That is correct, my friend. Oh, that is correct, my friend. That is that's, correct, my friend. That is correct, correct, my friend. friend. Nikolai Jerkoff. You got to add some... Some flair to it, you know. You gotta add some some spice. Me, I am Nikolai Jerkoff. <laughs> nice shirt, by the way. Thanks, Cowabunga. Or this episode, much like this episode, could be Cowabunga Hole. We'll find out. Right. So no, uh, I'll tell you, Cowabunga Hole, Rick, is uh is our hiatus, and this is this is the end of our. Our hiatus. We went on summer vacation in the middle of October. <laughs> dude, I'm 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 legit wearing shorts right now. Allow there you me go. To... Surf, surf's up, dude. Hit me with the surf's up. Hit me with you the know? surfing. Surfing surfing bird. Give it. <laughs> so anyways. <laughs> we've we've been on a bit of a hiatus back and forth. I've been sick. Uh I'm getting kicked out of my apartment. In case you want to know, I'm getting. Uh, I left my job and got a new job. That's you know, I like a lot better. So a lot of a lot of things been going on financially for this guy over here. Um, I don't know about you. I know you've been busy too. You've been you've been selling pop vinyls like it's crazy. Yo, what up, Kenny? We we've been we've been on a LOA. We took a sabbatical. As always, I like, I like to welcome. Everybody to the wrestling den. Thank you for for tuning in despite our absence. Um, stream elements and sound alerts. Thank you for being the unsung heroes that come in here, just being bots, doing your thing. You know. Uh, thanks to Rod and Eric who is not here with us right now, but thank you guys for always hosting us. Um, okay. We are live. Hey, you, you you said that in a God rest his soul kind of way, but I'm glad he's okay. Last episode, but who knows. <laughs> We say we say we're back, but maybe next week we won't be. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> we're back for now for a limited time only. <laughs> Rick Flair shut you down after your last last show. At least he had the balls to do it, unlike Pat McAfee. Yeah, and he and he whipped him out right there on the airplane. <laughs> show us your dick, Flair. That, oh yeah. Oh, he said it. That's where's the title card? Boom. We didn't get a title card. We just we just had we had Eric. Thank you, Eric. He is here with us actually, so that's good. Okay. I he no, you know, and I feel like his spirit is with us every day. You know. It was with me so, yesterday. I feel like, you know, he's shining down. He's like on he's on, you know, the smile of every baby, you know. <laughs> when the sun's just coming through the clouds and stuff. Are we talking about Eric or are we talking about Rick? I'm talking about Eric. Like he's here, he's with us. Good, Eric Flair. Take that one with you. Uh, if you're gonna tell tonight's subject, um, 
is Charlotte Flair. That's never, never did I ever want to talk about Charlotte Flair on my show. Maybe you didn't know, maybe you know, but now you need to know. If you I, don't know, now you know. I can't stand Charlotte Flair. Absolutely cannot. I hate Charlotte Flair. She's the reason why I don't watch WWE on a daily basis because it's predictability like her that makes me not want to watch. Now Rick, it's not like she's hold on, it's not like she's on the screen for an hour and a half. Like you're saying like oh, I don't watch WWE because Charlotte Flair's there. Not it's like not just Charlotte. Com- there's there's like there's there's many Charlottes that make me not want to watch WWE because it, Charlotte is just one of many people. Like how predictable is it that they have all these men in this match and guess who guess who's going to come out on top as a number one contender to face our boy Big E, Seth Rollins. Like wow, really? Like I, I knew that was coming. I knew it was coming. It's it's just too predictable because, like, here's a guy who just had his, his whole feud end with Edge. So what's the first thing that we're going to do for him, like, upon ending that feud with Edge? Yeah, just give him a title shot with Big E. Whether he wins it or not is not what's in question here. It's it's a matter of I don't think they would do Big E like that, but at the same time, look what they did to Kofi when, when Fox came and moved SmackDown to Fox and had Brock Lesnar just an- annihilate Kofi Kingston, you know? So – would they do it to Biggie? I don't know. The, the only time will tell. However, my thing is, it's it's people like Seth Rollins and like Becky Lynch and like Charlotte Flair, um, and Roman Reigns to an extent. I hate Roman Reigns as well, but I don't discredit what he's doing because at least for what he's doing right now, I will say, if if he's not running the show right now, who would be? It would be very boring to watch SmackDown regardless. I think he's one of the few people that are actually making it entertaining for the people that are watching, the fans that enjoy him are very entertained by what he's doing right now. And a lot of skeptics of, of Roman Reigns are also enjoying it. I'm I'm just me. I'm I'm watching AEW and, and watching old school Raw, so it's like I could give a shit. But what about well, you, the Nick? Thing about, the thing about watching old school Raw, and this is kind of a, to, your de- to everyone's detriment when they do start watching classic wrestling, is you start comparing it. You start being like, oh, man. You know, how come the current product isn't like this? And in air comparison to to begin with, begin is so much personality in the late nineties. There's so much um, you know, some of the best written shows, best produced shows with the best talent. Um, you know, and, and you also can't replace nostalgia. When they do a weekly raw, you can't feel the nostalgia of that episode because it's new and it's live. You can look back on Ron, even if it's a stinker kind of storyline with like Val Venus and, and Gold Dust or something stupid. You just go like, oh, okay, <laughs> and like, and you just move on from it instead of sitting here with your hand, your head in your hands, you know, being upset about what you're watching. It, it, it's just not. It's like the peak in the late '90s and in the valley that is today. It, it's it's really hard to compare those two things and kind of unfair. To but you know what them. bothers me about today is that under, even though there's a lot of scrutiny in the wrestling world, I believe, I believe because one, you get tabloids that you didn't get before, you know, before you had to be an insider, like, like you had to be pretty much either Dave Meltzer or you had to be like Jim Cordette, somebody that had an inside handle on the business to be able to get scoot like dirt sheets like that. Like it wasn't just something you could freely like find on the internet and just be able to be like, Oh, look at this. 
like Wrestling Observer uh, posted this, and it's like, no, no, but I mean, wrestling Twitter, wrestling uh, anything, social media, websites, all that stuff, all the social media, like it does kind of take the fun out of it because it also, I learned that Big E became the WWE champion on Facebook. I didn't watch the match. I didn't see what was going on. But um, wouldn't you say that's more like a like a double edged sword there? Because if you think about the one side of it. I, I mean, you found out through Facebook, but it, you don't really have to actually watch wrestling to find out what's going on in wrestling, which help, is helpful when we have so much stuff going on in our lives. We're older now. You know, it's 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 just like when we, we were doing our wrestling gig, and then it's kind of like one of those things where it just became on the priority list. We had so many other things that became more important, and that's not necessarily a bad thing if you look at it in the big picture. It's just like we just don't have the time to dedicate to one thing anymore. And wrestling being one of those things is that I will always love wrestling as a fan, whether, you know, present, past. I just I like the idea that me and you in 2021 can have a conversation about wrestling and and time is not a factor in that conversation. You know what I mean? That's the thing. Time is not a factor in the conversation. And though sometimes it is turn mistress. What's up? I'm going to give you a shout out right now. Thank you for being here. You know, we love you. The mistress of turds. (laughs) And that's why he's Nikolai Jerkoff. But do, do you see what I'm saying, though? Like, time's not a factor in wrestling conversation. But I just feel like the priorities have gone down. So, like, when you see something on Facebook like Big E winning, mm-hmm. these little things that, like, maybe maybe you were interested in seeing it. So maybe it's like the, the Mick Foley situation where when, when WCW spoiled him winning the championship. Oh, maybe you want to – I do want – to your point, what you're saying about, like, why seeing it on Facebook and it turning you off of – like actually watching it live, maybe. It should be AEW and WWE's responsibility to make me want to watch it live. Like like uh, the concept being, where were you when this? Okay, so where oh, were yeah. you when Big E won the title? Where were you when CM Punk came back to wrestling? Sleeping. I'm just, I'm just telling you, like that kind of thing. I think that's the, the, the uh, burden of proof is on them to make me want to watch it. So absolutely. And like, that's, that's what I've been saying since the very beginning too, is just like how I said, you know, make me want to watch. And that was the whole intended goal, but really wrestling dead isn't just about make me watch wrestling, like because who really cares if I'm watching or not? The idea is that I stopped watching. So give me a reason to want to watch again, because I don't want to have that love. Hate. I feel like the love hate relationship with wrestling is always going to be there because there's always things I can say that, I didn't like about the sport and things I do like. It's that's just nature, nature of the course, par for the course for the topic that we're talking about. But as far as loving wrestling, there's there's that passion of wanting to watch and, and wanting to watch on a on a ritual like a daily basis, watching everything that you possibly can, absorbing it all, everything that's happening as we speak. It's not like that anymore. It might not be like that for a very long time, but there might be things where you get little spurts when you do. And that's going to be pretty much the next best thing. You're also describing the difference between a hardcore wrestling fan, someone who lives it, watches it, watches multiple it. outlets of it. Yeah. Or a casual wrestling fan, someone who catches it every so often. See, I, I wouldn't consider myself a hardcore or a casual wrestling fan. Uh, eventually you get tenured. Eventually you're around so long, you become a veteran. And so you become a long time wrestling fan. And so suddenly, 
you're like uh, keeps you know, on slipping, slipping. Yeah, slipping. you're just like I, I've been I've been around Into for a long time, and future. sometimes you know I'm 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 seated out there. I want to I want to catch a SummerSlam or a WrestleMania or Royal Rumble. That's pretty I'm much what we watch. No, but here's the thing. I'm not going to watch Fastlane, okay? I don't care. <laughs> Something with no purpose. That's Fastlane. No, no, no. And, and Life in the Fastlane! Again, the responsibility is on them to, you know, want get me to watch it, like Crown Jewel and all that stuff. I said, oh, that's a cool you... concept. They're doing some really big matches. This is in the first couple, not this latest one. or the, the gold Did you watch Crown Jewel? No. I did. Okay. And no, and then Crown Jewel has a is like snake bitten. Uh, that's why I don't watch it. Um, there's this thing with that pay per view where bad stuff just happens. It just happened like well, like that Goldberg. The whole thing is about blood buddy. Like so where that, do you think well, it all well, stemmed well, from? No, and I also can't get into the con- without being super political or anything like that. I just can't get into uh, get into it when I know it's just a money grab for the WWE, and I know they're just dancing with the devil a little bit as far as you know going over there and producing the show with in a you know, place you know what where, i can't get into with that uh, though forgive me for saying this in a place where they chop up news people into tiny bits and stuff okay hey listen they just like they're chop suey all right now i will say the one thing that i do like about crown jewel if i had to choose anything is that one the women get to showcase what they're doing and actually make a good change and then one of those things being is is that referee that's been refereeing all uh, all of the seth rollins versus edge feud you know and she does like her her thing and she's a hard worker and uh i know edge gave her a shout out on, on twitter and was giving her a shout out because he was so glad that she was in the match got to do like this big thing or whatever i mean even AEW's doing it you can't like discredit their female referees as well like but Let's let's be honest here. The match of the night at Crown Jewel for me was Edge versus Seth Rollins, and that was the opening match, and it was a Hell in a Cell. Now, I don't I don't agree that the Hell in a Cell should be a thing anymore. I feel like they did it right though by making it for a blood feud and not just like oh let's just do it in a Hell in a Cell. They made it for a reason, and and one of the coolest spots was Seth Rollins went up on the top of the turnbuckle from behind, like he was about to do a moonsault or something. Edge gets up, pushes him off. He hits the cage, and there was a there was a table set up. So obviously the table spot was finally coming, but I didn't just expect this table spot out of nowhere. And uh, let's see, I, I want to say, other than that, the Roman Reigns match versus Brock Lesnar, I, I kind of seen that coming. Like, oh, he gave him he he slid in the title at the end. And it was like, oh, will they? Won't they? Like, who's gonna grab it? And like, who was he throwing it to? But Roman gets the title, and because of the Usos. Brock Lesnar gets hit in the head and then he spares him and like that's it. He 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 becomes well, he retains the title. So it's like, you know. I I had a feeling because they're doing the whole it's gonna be Brock's reign. He has to get through the the beast incarnate to to get there though. Will he do it? Of course he will. Of course he will. Like, what do you mean will he will he do it, dude? Like okay, think that just... begs the question. Hold on, that begs the question. If I because I saw a little checklist of people that Roman Reigns has beaten in this title run, like Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens, Brock Lesnar, uh, John Cena, so on and so forth. Okay, so my it begs the question who, if you build this big star like Roman Reigns and give him these big key, you know, cornerstone wins over these large names, what? Her, 
purpose does that serve unless he has a foil who is equal to or greater than him? Okay, the question becomes, what do you do with all that? What's the point of sitting on Garbage Mountain all by yourself? You gotta, you gotta have a very good point there. Like, if 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 it's trash, what's the what's the point of calling yourself like champion of said trash? The king of trash. <laughs> yeah. So, it, to you, me, it's, you have a flair for this. To, yeah, exactly. Like, to me, you know, they always have a flair for the dramatic, but it's this thing where you're building, building, building this name, this premier talent like Roman Reigns is becoming you know it's even hard for me to say that without like kind of choking on the words because I I was of the opinion that Roman Reigns was never gonna get over not really and we were never really I I knew from like except day one the, the hard but but that's the thing they built this guy so when they did the shield, and then there was Seth Rollins looked like he was gonna be the breakout guy first. Like he was gonna be the very first guy to be the champion. And it's like he was supposed to be the guy. So he they broke him out, made him champion first, but look who came after. You would you would think it would be Dean Ambrose, because Dean Ambrose was the, you know, John Moxley. He was the, he was a voice of the shield. He was the, he was a cool, edgy guy that was like, Oh, I can do funny stuff, but at the same time do like that weird, you know, that's that's Dean Ambrose. He looked like he was going to be the guy because he was the one talking. But then they instead shifted gears and made Seth Rollins the guy. Seth Rollins was like pretty much like the guy that they were just feeding. If you had to feed anybody in the Shield, who was it going to be? Who was taking the big spots that were going to be like, oh my god? Like it was Seth Rollins. He was the he was the what's what's the foil punching bag, the folly in the in the in the plan. Yeah, the punching bag, the human punching bag. But look who broke out first, him. Fall guy. And then you're looking for the term fall guy, Rick. Fall guys. You can play it on PlayStation 4. He was the original Fall Guys. So that's I I don't know. I feel like the way that they did it with Seth Rollins being the first guy, I was okay with that because I knew who Seth Rollins was all the way back from Ring of Honor. You know, so it's like that's the thing. Watching his evolution and watching him grow, he was still like an indie guy to me, like an indie darling. So it was like when he became champion over Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns, it was like, wow, like he did it. He went for Ring of Honor, just like CM Punk came in, one big gold. And it's just like, you know what? That's another guy that I was like, oh, that's cool. Tyler Black, Seth Rollins, WWE champion. I was cool for it. I was like, okay, Dean Ambrose is next. And they were kind of, they're kind of feeding it. And then it, it kind of didn't happen. And then they gave it to Roman Reigns instead. And at that at that very point, when Roman Reigns was starting to turn into like the leader before Seth Rollins hit him with the chair, I could just tell. I saw in Roman Reigns, I was like, that's the muscular guy. That's gonna be their John Cena, that's gonna be their Randy Orton, that's gonna be their guy. Like, because he was the, the most fit looking guy out of the group, I could just tell. There's something about him that said, even though these guys might have success, all three of them individually together, he's gonna be the one that has the most success. And who's going to fall in his coattails? It's going to be Seth Rollins. The two of them are going to battle it out like Randy Orton did, like John Cena did, like The Rock and Austin before them, like Hogan and Macho Man, Hogan and Ultimate Warrior, Hogan and Sting, however you want to set up those cards. They all come down to the same thing is that, again, we're, we're talking about something that's choreographed and scripted, where, where 
what was once uh, a traditional thing with, with title belts became, well, I just want to put it on this guy because it's going to look good on him and he can tell a story and, and have the title be involved in the story. You know what I mean? It's like, where is the prestige anymore? Like titles used to be looked at like in a serious manner, like people outside wrestling knew about Hulk Hogan because he was a champion. And so it's like, this guy's got the belt. Like they didn't need to know any more than that. That guy's got the belt. He's the best around. You know, it's, if anything, it's always been a moniker for who the guy is in the company. So it kind of goes hand in hand. The belt goes to the champion. The champion is the guy that they want to be their top guy. The top guy's the champ. Does that make sense? You're breathing. I can't. I don't know. Are we lagging? You were, but I was I was listening. It's funny you went really slow on my side and then it caught up and you sped up and you said everything you were just talking about with Hogan and Sting and all that stuff. It like it like it was a rubber band. It was like and then went <laughs> So I was just listening to you talk. Yo, know, just just I, selling you as well as I could. Well, thank you. So to get on my point, I have something I want to show you. So this is this is the staple of Crown Jewel. This is this is why I wanted to show you. It's it's the one match that I I enjoyed for what it was. It had some predictable moments to it, but I think overall for what WWE is presenting for their product, I think this is if this is as good as it's going to get, then I will accept what as good as it's going to get because at least with stuff like this, it shows that they're trying versus they just don't care. So if we can get that up on the screen, I will show you guys. <clears throat> I really there hope this is that surfer. Okay. It is not that surfer. He is <laughs> legendary performer and edge trying to knock him off. This is the spot I was talking about. Way and watch this off the cell through the table. Oh, nice remember play. what edge? He like bounced off and then through the table. Now we're. Talking. They call that seven twenty, bro. What was that? That was more like 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 two forty, dude. The pixels on that was like two forty. But but you get the picture. So so Seth Rollins, just the I way did. that he bounces off the uh, cage, goes keep to the talking, table. I'll be able to hear you. I'm just gonna be right over here. Keep going. Are you getting more yogurt? No. Keep going. Better get some for me. Anyways, just the way that he goes through that table off the cage. Off the south Dude, Mamma Mia. <laughs> if there's any time to quote anybody right now, Mamma Mia. Alright? Like this could have gone, gone one of two ways. It looked like a dangerous spot. It looked like, you know, he had to throw himself into the cage and then twist his body to go right through the table and land without killing himself. And the man did it. The man did it. Like, you know, that was a cool spot. And then Edge did something with the ladder. Take, you're saying he's trying to take two bumps at once. like the, the I mean, bump. I think he's just... He's I think, well, yeah, pretty bump, much. He's trying to take the... Take, take it to the next level, essay. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's, he's taking it to the next level, level, essay. Exactly, was. <laughs> but that's the best thing about it. I, other than this spot right here, the hell in a cell. They could have done away with the cage and done the match with the ladders, the tables, the chairs, and the chain, and whatever else that they they brought in with the with the toolbox that they pulled underneath the ring. Like they could have done without what? the cage, but this Hold is on. the one wait, spot wait, that you said the toolbox. Oh yeah. You know where I'm getting. You, you know where I'm getting at. Okay, keep going. Please please enlighten those who are not hardcore wrestling fans or veterans of the of the trade. What about the toolbox? 
about the toolbox. Now I was going to make a joke about someone being a toolbox. Like a person, not the actual toolbox itself. That was all. You can keep talking. I'm going to walk this way now. Interesting point that um, Jim Cornette made once uh, about uh, weapons under the ring. is He's like, it would make sense for a toolbox to be under a ring, right? Or like a, a thing for drinks for the announcers or a ladder in case well, like for like fixing the turbuckles and stuff like that like actual yeah, yeah. chairs tables for like a replacement announce table like all that stuff makes sense to be under the ring but he's like the moment they start pulling out kendo sticks <laughs> and street signs and garbage cans it's like what is the point like that doesn't you can't suspend disbelief you know so far all the time you might be right dude so, but to, to live in the days of NWO Revenge, my favorite thing was, what are you going to get out of the crowd? A stop sign? A baseball bat? Who knows? But you're going to use it as a weapon. And, like, that's the thing. It's it's always been the mystique of what's underneath apron number one. You know? Like, it, it, right, right. don't get me wrong. It makes sense. Like, what the hell is this guy doing with, uh, what is he going to bake some muffins with that, with that pan, right, dude? Right. Like, like, why like, is it out there? And that's, you know, you can obviously blame that in, like, the 90s hardcore where it's like, okay, now it became, like, a gimmick thing. So, it's like putting it under the ring. You know, it's going to get a pop and the crowd pulls out. Freaking, here comes another bit. Like, you yeah, know. Right, or, but, well, he's got a bicycle. Point. Right. You got Who was the bicycle? Who was the kid who was riding on it? He wasn't on it when he brought it to the ring. <laughs> no, it, it just it, it has to make some discernible sense is what I'm saying. Yes. Like, and, pulling out toolboxes, like, okay, you got the tools. It's like, but I even call it, I call it far-fetched at the, like, the chairs and the, and the tables, like, yeah, for, like, an announcer table, but, like, you should be, why, why are you wrestling on that announcer table? You should be, these guys are here to, to, to commentate your match, not, not, you know, piss themselves that they stand up because you come flying through it like Rob Van Dam, like, I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I love that kind of stuff, so it's like, but I'm trying to make sense of it, like, the only thing that I, I honestly would see under an apron of a, of a wrestling ring is a toolbox full of tools to fix the ring and some scripts that they have down there where they're like, all right, these are your lines. If you need them, you know where to find them. <laughs> like they're under the ring. You know what I mean? That's it. Those are the two things I see that would make the most sense to be under a ring in a, in a traditional style. Right. I, I agree with you on that. Like, but some stuff just the fire extinguisher. There's one that makes sense, but like not, not some of that other stuff. A guitar, right? Yeah, there's just an extra guitar under the ring. There's, no, no, there's a truckload of like a like a back of a truckload of like guitars, like Jeff Jarrett style, dude. <laughs> Wasn't there a segment where he got thrown into those because he had like all the guitars in the back of the truck, and like he was supposed right. to put somebody through it, but like he Jeff Jarrett ended up into the back of the truck, like getting slammed Probably. into all the guitars. Whoever, well, you know the rules of wrestling. Whoever presents the the truck full of guitars is the one who gets the truck full of guitars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you do that that moment. I just have a splash compilation and then Beetlejuice getting hit. <sighs> Greatest hits, dude. I I wish I could remember that. All I remember is being a kid, and that was the thing. Like seeing Jeff Jarrett have this. It was at that point where like the guitar was like the, like the gimmick. Obviously, Slapnuts was the gimmick. He's hitting everybody with the damn guitar, 
And it was just to the point where it was overdone with when they had a truck full of guitars. And it's just like, all right, because we've seen it all. What haven't we seen? A truck full of guitars. It's genius. Right. They're just like, how can we take Jeff Jarrett seeing money in his eyes? And again and again and again. Right, uh-huh. right, yeah, total money. Uh, you know, you know, late two thousands at WCW that uh, just screams money. <laughs> He's just trying to sell it. Anyways, all right. So, besides that, so we were talking about Charlotte Flair. We were talking about wrestling and how oh, yeah. these kind of these people. 20, Twenty eight minutes into our Charlotte Flair conversation, we've talked about her for probably forty seconds. That's as much as I could tolerate about talking about Charlotte Flair, if you couldn't tell, but. As this, as they say, the show does go on. So, unfortunately, most of tonight's show is going to be about Charlotte Flair because I hate Charlotte Flair. And what's going on right now is perfect to jump on if you're a person like me who cannot stand her. Now, what happened last week was Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch had to trade the titles over to each other when they when they were trading brands. So, so what ended up happening was everybody got upset because they're like, oh, well, Charlotte Flair disrespectfully dropped the title on the ground. So they ended up escorting her out of the building that night because they got heated. Her and Becky Lynch got heated after their heated stare down in the ring. And Wait, apparently... Hold on. Was it heated? Things were just flaring up, you could say. Adding flair to that resume. Flare enough. Flair enough. I, he's just throwing this out there. Flare enough. I hope you guys enjoy these great puns, by the way, because they're most excellent. Dare to compare the flair. Boom. I threw that one in there, too. So what I'll get okay, with, so, get at is, on, is on, that. Well, you're OK. So so without and just educate me on this a little bit. So she drops the title on the ground instead of handing it to her, which is obviously why they uh, orchestrated the segment to have her be the disrespectful heel. To Becky Lynch's baby face or whatever it was. Uh, are you saying that she shoot dropped the belt on the ground and wasn't supposed to, or she in storyline dropped it and that's just the way it was supposed to play out? If I can find if I can find the post of that that segment, then I would say was on the top. There she is talking right there. If if we want, I had it like up last week, so I can find it again. We're gonna watch what happened. We're gonna see everything that takes down, and then we can take away from that. How's that sound? Sure. We can give our own opinions based on it, rather than what's going around on the internet. Because what's well, going around well, on the favorite, internet? My favorite part, though, Rick, whether it's a shoot or it's a work. Here's my here's my favorite part about it. If you can't tell which is which, that's the art of wrestling. If you can't figure out what was real and what was fake. That's the art right there. I am so glad oh. I did not have my screen sharing at this point in time because I'm going to say last week the, the tweets about Charlotte what Flair. El- what else were you looking at last week? No, no. I'm going through Charlotte Flair on Twitter. And what I just saw, I'm glad you didn't get to see. So just well, well, this is what I'm just saying be glad you. I saved all of you. All right? Especially so, you, Turn Mistress. I saved you all. Here's the that. thing. If it's a shoot or it's a work, if we're all sitting here talking about it for a week long straight here. Who won? The whole concept is we played into it. We got caught in the net of the controversy of 
this storyline, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that the point? In theory, it is the point. However, usually it doesn't come with a negative impact because it's something so good that works out that no, you may not think it's no, supposed no, to work negative out. Negative impact. Hold on. People used to have to sneak out of arenas. Yeah, because mobs but, of fans were trying. But to is it is it real. effective if it has a negative line? So I know what you can say is like all publicity is good publicity. So it's like even though the situation has a negative effect, it's still mm-hmm. a good thing because like it's doing its thing. I agree to an extent. It's a, it depends. So if you get if you generate the heat, and then you but it has to work. If you if you come out and like backtrack, you come out and whatever PC culture it, then yeah, your heat's gonna get killed because it's gonna have a negative impact, not a negative reaction. But if you lean into the heat, that's the that's why it's so hard to be a good heel in today's culture, which we talked about a few weeks back. It's hard to be a good heel because everyone's feelings on the matter are, are can be so hurt and everyone's so sensitive. Like, are we like, oh, the time-honored tradition of wrestling, she dropped this belt on the ground. Like, what? Shane Douglas said that an entire generation of wrestlers that came before him could kiss his fucking ass and then dro- drop the belt. But that's, that's a different Swear time and different place. No, different time, it's different place. not. That's the yes, same it is. Thing. Because this is what I was talking about earlier. I'm talking about... Like, 90s wrestling, people were allowed to say things that they can't get away with now. And what's happening now is, is, is the culture of today, whether you call it soft or whatever you want, like a, like a nice soft serve for you. Like the way that I look soft, at soft, dude. Ultra soft, baby. Ultra like soft. soft serve, but, and then just everyone's mental. I'm not taking no courage. stances, though. That's the thing. I'm not taking no stances. All I'm getting at is that the things that they got away with in wrestling in the 90s, you got people that are like, oh, well, you shouldn't defend that at all. It was wrong. Yeah, but that same person seen that back in the 90s is like, oh, well, that was pretty cool. It's just like – and it's like, but now I'm the I'm the better me. Like, oh, I, was, I should have been ashamed of myself. It's like, dude, why can't you just call a spade a spade? You enjoyed it then because it was entertaining then. It was a different time, a different place. And, yes, was it morally right? Was it, was it politically correct? No, it was not. Obviously, it wasn't. But – does that make it acceptable? In the 90s, it did. And guess what? There's nothing that you can do about that. So erasing wrestling history, if you're trying to keep it and preserve it, the more that you complain about things that happened in the 90s and what guys did then, why are you even watching the subject? Like, who can't, Like, if you care that much about it to change it, then don't. Mm-hmm. Stop watching wrestling and make the if whole it, thing it, itself. I, I want you to, just for a moment, just imagine that – in today's day and age, someone came out and crucified, and they crucified a wrestler in the middle of the ring. Like, like, like what happened to Stone Cold? No, Whoa. not just the not the Stone Cold on the on the Undertaker symbol thing. They came out, they crucified the Sandman on the ropes and put like a crown on his head and everything. Oh, the kind of thorns. Yeah, dude, the barbed wire, the barbed wire crown. Yeah, they gave him the whole, they gave everybody the whole visual, and that and Kurt Angle was in attendance, and he said. He's like, I'm leaving, and if you don't take my name off of everything having to do with this show, I'm going to sue you to Paul Heyman. And then he left because it was so offensive at the time. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, if they did that today, an entire companies could be canceled. Yeah, they, like they would be like, oh, it takes on the footage and, like, apologizes. And, like, that's the thing. If you have to be apologetic for doing something that crosses a line, then why would you cross then- the line? Because you right. take those kind of risks when you cross that line. And you know the consequences. That's why you do it. It's a, a habitual line stepper. Mm-hmm. 
I'm no, a habitual line stepper. You have to own it. If you do something like that, that's why people like you either go I all in or you don't go out all yeah, yeah, like at like all. The, you don't the go creators of, The creators yeah. of South Park have always yeah. talked about it. If they're going to joke, they're either going to joke about everything, either everything's funny and every and everything's like on the table or not. Either everything's funny or nothing's funny. And yeah, but they, even they pulled back their punches and say with Family Guy. No, it's just, it's just no, com- no Comedy Central pulled back the punches. Okay, fair enough. And fair so enough. Comedy Central pulled back, but still that that's means why, they. That's why MJF is so good as a heel too, is because he's this counterculture thing of well, I don't play video games and I'm not a huge nerd like you guys, and I don't care what's going on on Reddit and all this other stuff, and everyone hates him for it because he's. Because he's not gonna apologize tomorrow for it, and and that's what makes a good heel. And he and MJF hasn't been canceled, so how would we get there? I think I think the word canceled is like really how you have to like look at it. Like in in, in hindsight, being canceled is is to me, what is it? What you cancel my my popularity that I had my all all like five of the people that watched my show like you canceled me and right. and now I can't say anything like or do I come on next week and just start hit hitting them with the hot sauce dude and just come out no, come no, out they, and get they swinging. just they just know like they they want to have the illusion of power that comes I appreciate from... all five of you by the way thank you for watching right exactly we do appreciate you so don't go anywhere but that's the thing um... the people that that would support us and watch this regardless of our, our opinions, whether they agree with them or not, that is what makes uh, an individual capable of thinking is that you think for yourself. And when you come into this and you watch this, realize there's no politics here, but wrestling politics. Like, you know what I mean? But the, the way I look at it is just like, I'm not going to tell you something that I believe in and say, that's fact. It's just an opinion. It will always be just my opinion, whether you agree with it or not. Just like you, I would give you the time of day to hear your opinion. And my opinion is I just have this platform to be able to share it. And that's what I love about it. It's because somebody's right. got to make sense of and something. Your opinion is your opinion. And your opinion is that it's a fact that Charlotte Flair is ruining <laughs> wrestling, right? It really is, though. I mean, if you can't agree with me, like I just want you to understand the hard facts here. No, and, like, and here's the thing. So so you didn't ask me my opinion on Charlotte Flair, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. I think Charlotte Flair is fine. I think that have someone on your TV screen with a legitimate wrestling pedigree can only improve your product. I know you're like, oh, it's part of the problem and all these things. And I can and I can see where you're coming from with that. However, I don't know. I don't I I to me I think the the risk and reward, like the risk of having someone with an attitude problem and knows who's untouch that she's untouchable and knows that she can that she could just pretty much do whatever she wants. And that's that to me if you start creating this character that people think are, is untouchable and she's going to bend the rules and flip off the crowd and throw the belt on the ground. And everyone goes, Oh wow. This is th- like, this is terrible. How could they let Charlotte Flair run wild on that? You know what? Lean into it. Work yourself into a shoot or shoot yourself into a but, work. But, but here's the care. thing. This is what's what, going no, on in the I'm locker saying, room today. Okay. But they, there can be heat in the locker room, but you know what? There, every, there's, there's been periods of time where, Certain people have the wrong kind of heat, but as long as it isn't go away heat, as long as it is an X-Pac heat, then I, I think it'll work out just fine. And you can turn that into something. When Becky and Charlotte go on pay-per-view to have a match and all the rest of the smart marks are like, oh, I love, love Becky Lynch. She's a man. And Charlotte, she's a brat. And like, and you'll tune in to watch Becky beat Charlotte. And that's the point. 
That's the point of the whole thing is to sell tickets and to get your eyeballs on the product. They should lean into that. And if Charlotte is coming across as a brat to the internet fans, then lean into it. Let her be a brat. And then let the Jackie beat her ass. Here's the thing. So, got a lot of those tonight, huh? No, it's me. Only two. I just, those are two I just got ones, so though. fired up over Shane Douglas throwing the belt on the ground and telling an entire generation of people to kiss his ass, okay? It was hilarious. <laughs> he told Harley Race, Terry <laughs> Funk, Ric Flair to kiss his ass. <laughs> kiss my ass. He did. He said, they can all kiss my ass. And threw the belt on the ground, and I didn't see anybody lose. Actually, I bet you wrestling fans back then did lose their. Dude, Alundra Blaze threw a title into a trash can on fire, dude. Yeah, but that was just the women's title. Nobody cared. <laughs> well, now they care. Now they care about the women's now title they more do than care. the. That's right. No, so because that's... but it's because no. Hold on. Say what you want about Charlotte, but they care about that title because people like Charlotte and Becky. And Sasha and 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 uh, the the fourth one who I can't ever remember oh Bailey, Bailey. Oh, yeah like all of those people this women's revolution that Stephanie McMahon takes credit for of all people <laughs> um, they came and legitimized women's wrestling in the WWE I'm not going to give them the credit for legitimizing women's wrestling everywhere but like they did that. And the reason you even care now about the prestige of the women's title is as Charlotte throws it on the mat is because of her. So why don't you just kiss her ass as, while you're at it? Because that's just the way it is. But this is the thing. Everybody, so the people of the <laughs> four horsewomen. You don't have an argument for that. I do. You know I do. They own, My they, argument they is just like everybody else. Because everybody made, else. No, listen. You don't, don't, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't watch wrestling. Listen. <laughs> I know exactly what I'm talking you're, about. You're a mark. Get you're, out of here. You're, you're no, a mark. You're like, Get out of here. No. She, you, she, you're, it's my time. Daddy's time to talk, baby. You got your 15 Rick, minutes of fame. Listen, it's my on. turn now. One no. more thing. Everyone's I'm not giving you one more thing. You're talking, you're talking horse shit to me. There's my swear jar. Because this woman threw a belt on the ground that only mattered because she made it. You didn't watch it. You didn't see it. I did. But no, I don't have to see it for you to describe it. You need to see it. No, 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 because you don't know the whole story. You're just going off this fucking, this this Charlotte Flair rant, whatever the hell you're talking about. This is a horse shit. All right, listen. Charlotte Flair has been the bait of my existence since she's won won championships, okay? The one person who was deserving of, of championships that just never had that that quite solid run is Sasha Banks. She has become right, folly. She's become folly to to Charlotte Flair, and nobody wants to see that dude because everybody is a Sasha fan. I mean, say what you want. What's up, Brody? So we're talking wrestling right now. We're talking about Charlotte Flair. What do you think about Charlotte Flair? Um, he she's Ric Flair's daughter, daughter, <clears throat> and uh, I think she got mad when Rick betrayed him. Like, I mean, see, but you you know that she's she's Ric Flair's daughter, right? Yes. Would you say that she has special privilege in the WWE because she's Ric Flair's daughter? Hey, Trent. We got Trent and Brody, guys. He's my brother. Uh, also, I mean, 
not really. I know that her dad's in the Hall of Fame, but then, um, I mean, she's not actually Ric Flair. Do you think she's trying too hard to be like Ric Flair? Sort of. You're doing good, buddy. You are doing good. Look at that. We're live right now. We're doing this. This is great. I'm so, why are you scared? Look at it. I have only ever been live once other than this. It's Everybody, true. give it up for Brody and Trent. Like, aren't, aren't they doing good? This is great. We're going live, and look at that. We got this. You got this. I got faith in you. You're like your wily old man. So, talking Charlotte Flair, and since she is related to Ric Flair, um, I feel like she does get chances that she deserves. Um, I also feel like she also has handed those chances as well. More than so than everybody else. It's like she's the dependable person. I would think. I would think that Charlotte is the dependable as far as putting the belt on her. What kind of plushies you got there? <clears throat> what you got there, Trent? Plush, a yeah. plush. Mm -hmm. It's Five Nights at Freddy's. In case anybody, uh, <clears throat> I know, but that was the end of this. Go. Everybody, give it up for Brody and Trent. I think they did a great job. Shut the door. Hey, you got a little bit left, so don't come back. Hey, they can come back if they want. Brody had some great opinions about Charlotte Flair, so he doesn't know much about Charlotte Flair. He knows that she is Ric Flair's daughter, and that's all I need to know. Right? That's, that's all that's I need all, to know. That's all most people if, know. If, if, if Brody can say that he knows her because she is Ric Flair's daughter, it makes it makes sense to my point as to where I'm getting at with Charlotte Flair, is that nepotism. Is it Flair or is it nepotism? Well, now, you just said Flair, Flair is nepotism and vice versa, right? So, to me... I think she she deserves the shots that she gets. I'm not going to discredit. She's reliable. She's like Roman Reigns. As much as I hate them, they are reliable. When something doesn't work out for somebody else as a champion, when WWE, when WWE takes that risk and puts somebody else as a champion, and it's like, oh, well, this is what the fans wanted. It's like, oh, look, this sucks. Guess what? There's good old reliable, always been dependable. Mm-hmm. Put the title right on them and let's see how they do. They will take that whatever was trash and move on with it. And whether you deem it as something that you remember or, or remarkable, it gets the job done. You, and at you're, the end you're of the day, that that there's personalities, wrestling personalities that can legitimize a title immediately. Yeah, like like yeah. Okay. I give Charlotte Flair the credit where credit is due. When it comes to hey Charlotte, we need you to be champion. Okay, when and where. And it's like, and then she will roll with it. And, and whoever she is facing, she elevates. That is a fact. Whoever she faces, she elevates. Whether she crushes them, squashes them, buries them, she elevates that person in that match. It's not like she doesn't have good matches. Her matches are good. She's had bad matches, but who hasn't? Who hasn't had bad matches? But that's the thing. When she's on her on her level, on her game, and she brings it, and it's a WrestleMania or it's a SummerSlam, and she brings the game, it's going to be an entertaining match. I can't discredit her for that. She has good matches. But unfortunately, 
when it comes down to the to the exclamation point to end off the entire sentence, the entire paragraph that I've been talking about this entire night, the exclamation point is, you know what's coming. That's it. And you're just waiting for that moment. So they could be sitting there and, and chain wrestling for like 13 minutes. It's like it's a Dave Meltzer special, dude. It's a five-star classic. It's six stars. Six stars. Six stars. But also that predictable ending. Oh, it could be a dusty finish because she's not going to just take take the loss like that, lose the belt. Or, you know, she's going to recover the belt to to, to retain the storyline, but she's going to do it in a cheap way. Or she grabs the ropes from the, the figure eight. Like, the you dirtiest, just know. The dirtiest player in the game, right? right. Again. Like we, like, we haven't already seen it. But, like. And that's the thing. You're always going to have that predictability in wrestling because guess what? Even though it's been done, it's good old reliable. So you're going to have to play those same kind of storylines too. Things right. just get old and get stale. But unfortunately, when you use them, it's just like kind of like like a refresh button. Like you do it a different way. So it's like instead of just the traditional, oh, I'm going to grab the ropes. I'm going to do a figure eight and grab the ropes. Like you just evolve the method and the method works time after time. That's what we talked about. That same method works. So if it ain't broke, don't fix if it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. Yep. You know? No, okay, OG so, Snorlax. So what's, what's going on? Yo, OG. So I was going to say to you, Rick, about this Charlotte thing. So you're saying there's backstage heat between her and other people based on her behavior, right? Yeah. Pretty much okay, the whole so, locker room so. hates her right now, and she's isolated, and she's blaming yeah. on, like, like because, like, so she's saying that she wants to give people shots and opportunities and stuff like that, and because the company chooses her in these positions, she's basically saying, woe is me, I'm not doing this, and I'm not being like, oh, I'm stepping on toes, I want the title, like, I deserve right, it, I'm right. Ric Flair's daughter. I deserved it, I earned it, but she's also saying the company put me in that position, not me. I wanted you to do this, and right. they said this is what we're doing, and I had to do it. And everybody's upset with her, so she's all isolated, okay. and Becky Lynch looks like the locker room hero. Continue. No, okay, so here's what I'm going to say. So so forget all that backstage heat stuff. This is what I'm going to say to you, Rick. Okay. Easily so, done. So, what was that? I said easily done. Um, With that, like, like I said, so forget all the, the grandstanding and all the who's... The hot dog in... Your grandstanding no, like, oh, and your hot dog. No, seriously, all these people pointing fingers at each other over whose fault it is that, that Charlotte Flair has gotten this many title shots and all that. It, screw all of it, okay? Because to me, get the match in the ring, generate the heat, sell the tickets. That's the goal of this machine. So forget all the noise. Let's concentrate on what we need to be doing, which is selling tickets, right? You and I could sell tickets all day to a match between you and I because everyone knows you're going to get a six-star classic. But here's what I'm going to say. Charlotte Flair's out there. Everyone knows she's being a brat. Everybody knows her husband's in AEW. Everyone knows her dad is now not with WWE. Everyone knows that. But is she being a brat? No, here, hold on. So she, she, what she's saying, she's not so she can save face um, with her fans. But to me, she knows she's untouchable. She knows she's the, 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 the top upper echelon of women's wrestlers, the upper echelon of talent in WWE to begin with. So if she goes out there and does something unsavory, what's going to happen? Are they going to take her off of television? No. Are they going to take her off of pay-per-views? No. Are they going to strip her of the title? No. So just like Shawn Michaels in the mid-90s, Shawn knew he could throw a temper tantrum in the middle of the ring and Vince McMahon wouldn't do a damn thing about it. Okay? And he did. That's how Shawn acted. 
And so to, today, even if it's real or not, this is what I'm asking you. Like, is she being a brat? Whether or not she is, if we believe she is, then the WWE as, as, a, as, a, as a booking conglomerate here, as promoters, need to say, these people believe Charlotte's a, a, a brat? Fine. And, and Becky's the locker room hero? Fine. You know who you need to stick in the ring with one another for a premier match for the title or title versus title? Who should you book in a match, Rick? It's elementary. Oscar. Uh, it right. Becky versus <laughs> Charlotte, your hero versus your your Sasha man, versus your, Charlotte is better. Your face. <clears throat> no, it doesn't matter if the match is better. I'm saying the heat. The whole point of this Sasha is, is, is the most things heating up in a long time, dude. That's okay, a woman so that Okay, but here's the thing. The argument has been so for the people that believe in Sasha and what Sasha's doing, and the people that believe in Charlotte and what she's doing, the people that will defend them to, to the day that they die are the same people that, like, Charlotte Flair should go to AEW. She's she she's obviously not being um, appreciated for what she does. She'd be amazing there. Her her husband's there. You know, she'd be happier. She'd be, she'd be more successful. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. 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 I mean, she's Charlotte but, Flair, know, no matter where know, she goes. Guess who- Guess where she's not going to make as much money as she probably makes now. <laughs> Maybe. But here's the thing. It doesn't matter. I wouldn't want to see Charlotte in AEW because I wouldn't want to see her come in and, and stop all over the division. Britt Baker does enough as, as she is by herself. I wouldn't need Charlotte Flair coming in and Britt Baker versus Charlotte Flair, and that's what I'm getting booked at me because then I would turn my, my eyes off of AEW and say, nope, I'm good. Because where Charlotte Flair goes, I don't want to watch. I personally don't care. I don't want to watch a Charlotte Flair match because whether or not it's going to be good, it's going to be a five-star classic. At the end of the day, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And that's what they're going to do well, with Charlotte if, Flair. Wait, hold on, Rick. Would you tune into a premier match at a premier wrestling pay-per-view for the WWE if Becky faces Charlotte and then Becky goes over Charlotte clean? No, because I hate her too. So, So Becky Lynch, and I will say this, and I've said this before. I've said this before about Becky Lynch. I didn't agree with the whole Bianca Belair thing at SummerSlam with Becky Lynch just coming in and Bianca Belair got the Kofi Kingston treatment, whether or not it had anything to do with her skin color and, and white Irish woman comes in and just wins the belt after being pregnant and then being gone forever, just comes in and just totally Ronda Rousey's. Like, that's the thing. It became full circle. Becky Lynch was the person I was cheering for and everybody was cheering for because guess what? Ronda Rousey was on top. Nobody wanted to see her in WWE. They wanted the hell out of there. And then you had Charlotte Flair coming in and making it all about her. Oh, it's me, Charlotte Flair, whatever. And then Becky two belts came in, and the moment that she got those two belts, from that moment on, from this moment, I knew. I was like, what am I doing? This is a big mistake. The man, I, I was rooting for the man up until the man became the man. And then when the man was the man, I was out, dude. I was out. It was just like Seth Rollins. It, when it, it, seems, it seems to me you have an underdog uh, complex where – you you want to cheer for the underdog, and then when that no, underdog no, becomes the no. thing, you're like, I no, I thought it was the exception to the rule, and I'm not. I am I am very much like everybody else. Everybody that was like, oh man, Becky Lynch, she's gonna be the one. Like, let's cheer for Becky Lynch and bandwagon. I will admit that I bandwagon for Becky Lynch because she wasn't Charlotte, she wasn't Ronda. I wanted to see the underdog win. I wanted to see the person that I least likely hated in that ring. Win and she did, and then after that, when she was the champion. I was like, "Oh no, what have I done?" Because now here she is coming in, Becky two belts. 
And this all flashes forward to what's happening now is that Becky and Charlotte are in the ring and Charlotte drops the title on the ground after Becky reaches for it. And then it's like, everybody's like, oh my God. And then Becky takes off her belt and throws it at her. But I want to, I want to introduce this clip to you. And I'm going to show you exactly what happened right now. So I'm going to put up on my screen and we're going to see exactly what happened. And, and then I, and then we will go forward with this conversation until, until the point is made. You're coming at me all slow. What's happening here? Bobo Laggins. Bilbo Laggins. That's the one. Not Bobo. Uh-oh. This man makes me wait to put, put this footage up on the screen. Guys, only in this podcast can you get things like this. This crazy. Slash hour of zaniness. Oh, I'm holding on to everything, including your bandwidth. All 240 pixels of you. I can't hear what you're saying. You guys notice like the difference here? Like, I'm in like 1080p right here because I'm looking, you know, here comes the Ninja Turtle and he's back in black. All right, Pac Man. What do you got for me? This is not a good time to do this. We were on a roll, baby. We were on a roll. Oh, are you back in real time? Oh, geez. That was the weirdest transition to a Triple H water bottle scene I've ever seen. Guys, don't don't blink. You You won't miss it. This is just like when you're trying to stream wrestling live online and you're having those those technical difficulties or experiencing them. Are you caught up? Are you are, are you caught up now? Can I put on what? I want to put it on so everybody can see, but Nick gave me the finger and then decided he was going to obliterate himself in his, in his Wi-Fi. And we froze. Are you there? Oh, jeez. It's like somebody farted, dude. It's just awkward. <laughs> Hello? Can you hear me now? Am I the only one seeing this right now? Is this is this happening? Is this is this real time? Is this is this real life? I think you're back. I think you're finally moving. I don't know. I'm scared. You gotta you gotta talk to me, Goose. Oh no. Oh no. All right. While I, while I wait for this guy, I'm at least going to keep the keep the the tension going, right? So here we have the two the two women's champions. So they had a draft 
both of these these ladies switched brands, so they both had to hand over the titles of that brand and give up their title, so that way they could rightfully go back to being champion on the new brand that they were drafted to. And the thing is, uh, Becky Lynch on the left and Charlotte Flair on the right both have egos, and that's the biggest problem about this and where my point is. Both these ladies have egos. And let's just see who's who's the biggest ego here. Each one trying to outdo the other. Even the commentary team. Okay, ladies. We are gathered here for a very special transaction. Becky Lynch, you are currently the SmackDown Women's Champion, but you have been drafted to Monday Night Raw. Charlotte Flair, you are currently the Raw Women's Champion, but in the draft, you were selected by Friday Night SmackDown. Great draft pick. As number one, everyone. Okay, remember okay, okay. that. With, with that being said, right here, right now, we are going to exchange the championships, and you two will go to your respective new brands as the women's champion. Understood? Exchange it now. Notice that Sonya Deville is looking at Becky Lynch. She's talking to Becky Lynch, not Charlotte Flair, on who needs to give up their belt first. She looks at Becky and says, you need to hand over your belt. So here's Becky with the belt. Let's continue. By this situation at all? You can barely hear it, but the crowd is chanting Becky two belts. Because Becky had both titles before, and they wanted to see that moment again. Becky wanted to see the moment again because she heard the crowd saying Becky two belts. So guess what? Becky wants to hold those two belts, right? Becky asking Charlotte to relinquish the championship first. The Raw women's title. This is That's a very massive loud. You can hear it. ordeal. It takes forever to become champion. To just hand over your title has to be incredibly difficult. Whoa, 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 whoa. You can take that however you want. However you want, whether it looks like Charlotte holds the title away from Becky so she can't have that moment, and then she drops it so that way she can't grab it. Now, Charlotte says that she didn't mean to drop it so hard or drop it like that. It wasn't on purpose. But clearly you could tell it was two women who were not going to let the other have the moment of holding both belts. So Charlotte drops the belt. And whether it was accident or is on purpose, she drops the belt. And Becky doesn't get any flack for this. And Nick would say, well, you know, if that's what they wanted, I hope he comes back because... Given his opinion and him not giving it, it's not the same. You know, I can only think about what he's going to say. To actually capture him saying it, oh, there he is. Is he back? Nick, are you back? Hey, Jordy. thought you were sleeping, baby. I got you, but you're like in, 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 in frame, you know? You're not moving. You're still, something's going on. Something ain't right. But I see you.
just talk about Charlotte Flair, how much I hate her. How much this scene makes me make, makes me hate both of these these women that much more. Well, you get fixed. I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep playing this. So hopefully hopefully you're at least able to see this. So that way you can give your opinion on it. Oh, I clicked too far. Whoop. Oh, we're right there. So we'll just go back. To just hand over your title has to be incredibly difficult. And, and she drops. Whoa, 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 whoa. And she laughs. So obviously, say what you want, whether it's intentional or not. This is a live segment happening on 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 SmackDown. So what's going to happen here is that whether or not this is them just being them and being and and being shady bitches, um, it's selling an angle, whether intentional or not. It's selling some kind of angle, setting up something in the future. Maybe not even setting it up, but at least laying the foundation. You know what I mean? Whether intentional or not, this is how unprofessional and professional these women can be. Charlotte as the character and Charlotte as the person could be somewhere in a gray area right now where she's acting and where she's just doing. And same thing with Becky Lynch, acting and doing. But there's a level of professionalism in that mix where it's like, no matter what, you'll never know because they're going to portray their characters at every waking second of this clip. But at the same time, sometimes those personalities come out of that character and you can see it. And those little things, like dropping that belt, that was one of them. So it gets better. And she throws the belt. And there, and there you go. And there you have it. Becky did not get reprehended backstage for this. It got very heated when they got backstage. That's what what the what the rumor mill is saying. Like they got in each other's faces. They were talking a lot of shit to each other. And and Charlotte is the only one who got walked out of the building and has recent um she had recent signings, things like that coming up, appearances that she was supposed to make for WWE. They got canceled. They got canceled. So whether or not that this is selling a story angle or, you know, it lifts your, it suspends the, the, the glass ceiling of disbelief, like, or even shatters it. You know, it's one of those things where, again, that, that negative effect I was talking about, the negative effect that it has on one person, which is Charlotte Flair, WWE appearance is canceled. Whether that's selling a story angle or not, or just punishing somebody because she dropped the title, literally dropped the title on the ground. Say what you want about it. Becky's not having any of her appearances canceled. Like Becky is is just let out of the situation like she didn't do no wrong. But it was Becky who, in my opinion, out of all this, and this is where I said I was going to defend Charlotte Flair. God is my witness. The one thing I never thought I would do, defend Charlotte Flair, that's where this comes in. Becky Lynch started this. The crowd started this. The crowd instigated. Okay, they 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 lighted the we didn't start the fire. We just tried to fight it. Don't listen to that. The crowd started the fire. They chanted Becky two belts. And then Becky was like, you know what? I'll give him Becky two belts. Let me get that belt. And that's what she did. Sonya Deville told her to give up the title first. She points to Charlotte and says, give me the title. And it's just like, give me the title. Because I want to I wanna be Becky two belts. And Charlotte was like, go fuck yourself. And, I, and you know what? 
I'm with her on that. I would have done the same thing. Intentional or not, you want the belt? Oh, and it's gone. You know what I mean? I would have dropped the belt too. I would have been like, go fuck yourself. And and that's that that punch that I see coming out of Charlotte. Like I said, a character is a character, but sometimes the person behind that character you know, shines through. And that's what I saw in that just that one title drop. So Sonya asks to pick up the belt. She picks up the belt you saw, and she hands it to Sonya instead of handing it over to the Becky. So it, both these both these women were were not in the right. Neither one of them were in the right. But should only one of them get punished and the other one not? I feel like they both should have been punished. If it was something that wasn't that wasn't over with the fans and it has a negative effect, and it's one of those things that oh, that's this was a sign of disrespect. There's nothing coming out of this that's good. Then punish both women for being there. You can't just punish one person and make, oh, what you did was disrespectful. The whole thing was disrespectful. Neither one of these women should have been in the ring. They should have just given the titles and each one come out individually. Here's your title. See you later. <coughs> Unfortunately, we get stuff like this. And I just think it's scripted. I think the whole storyline was scripted. I think this this whole scene is scripted. I think what I'm watching here is, is two women who are supposed to be friends or whatever. And that's the thing. Charlotte Charlotte has come out many times saying, oh, I feel isolated. The people that were my friends are no longer my friends. Basically talking about the four horsewomen. Everybody that, had, that she was friends with has estranged themselves from her. So she feels isolated in the locker room. Like people, like she's the victim. You know, she can do no wrong. The company's telling her what to do, so she's going to do it. Same thing with these title runs or whatever. Sorry. Again, I'm still sick, so it's like... <coughs> I'm going to die if I don't drink something and keep my, my my throat from being dry. That's where Nick came in. He was my my voice for the voiceless. But Charlotte Charlotte is acting like, like she's she's being targeted, and... She hates it because she's all alone in the locker room and nobody <coughs> nobody wants to work with her and and she's all alone and it's like she wants to put people over her and 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 help build them up. You know, she wants to help build these these women up and be a powerful leader. And it's just like everybody's taking Becky Lynch's side, which isn't fair to Charlotte to isolate somebody and bully them. And, and cheer for this one person who just came in and just stomped all over every everybody else like Bianca Belair and just <coughs> made her title reign look like nothing. Meanwhile, Becky could come out in a gigantic fur coat and make a joke of the title, and that's the champion that they're presenting is this person that can come out and and just roll with this this stupid gimmick, wear these big sunglasses and these big fur coats, and just be like, I'm the I'm the man. And it's just like really just kind of playing up to the to the character, but a more overzealous version of the actual person who is Becky Lynch. Like, it's one of those break the fourth wall type gimmicks. And that's why I hate to say it, but I side with Charlotte Flair in the sense that Becky Lynch is, is the villain here. But so is Charlotte. Welcome back. Please tell me you're back for good. <coughs> Please tell me you're back for good or else I'm going to make this the same face that Becky Lynch is making right now. So it's going to be like that, huh? I see your hands moving. 
like like that. Medvedevici for life. I can't hear you though. But you're here. So I'm just gonna have to read your body language and speak for you. So if I was if I was Nikolai Jerkoff, this is what I would say right now. Charlotte Flair has no reason to be pouty pouty face sitting by herself in a locker room, blaming the entire world as to why she's isolated from the locker room, how she's just trying to be a, a good person and a good role model and a good leader to the locker room, and how they're all isolating her and making her feel like She's alone in this when she had all these friends and she didn't do anything wrong. She talks about in her book on Sasha Banks and how like Sasha Banks felt slighted since day one with her. Like, oh, we used to be great friends in NXT. I don't know what happened. Like Sasha should have won that match. She deserved it, but I won the match and there's nothing that we could do about it. That's what they decided to book. That's exactly what she said. I don't know why she hated me. You want to know why she hated you? Because here's a woman with so much talent that could be on the same level as Charlotte Flair if they gave her the chance. And they've tried, and they have. Unfortunately, they took it right away from her the moment that they gave it to her. Sasha Banks has never had the opportunities that Charlotte Flair has, has been given. Whether or not it's because of her dad or whatever, because she's got to live up to this nature, nature woman gimmick where she, she wins the title 17 times and breaks her dad's record instead of John Cena. All I know is that Sasha Banks deserves to be on her level and deserves to be the rival. If, if you're going to have your, your John Cena's and your Randy Orton's and your Seth Rollins and your, your Roman Reigns, I don't think it should be Becky and Charlotte at the top. It should be Sasha Banks and Charlotte. If you're going to look at anybody that's going to be the rival, it's always been Sasha Banks because Sasha Banks is bar none better than Becky Lynch in every single way. Nobody cared about Char uh, Becky Lynch at all until she became the man. She was literally the third wheel to Sasha Banks and Charlotte Flair. And then came Bailey right after them. She was the third wheel. And then this whole demand gimmick happened. And she finally got that stardom that she never got. It's because like all the attires that she used to wear, that, that makes sense. The steampunk gimmick, whatever. There was nothing that said, hey, there's a gimmick in this person that I can see. Like this person has what it takes to be the top dog. Becky Lynch was always third wheel to the Sasha Banks and to the Charlotte Flair feud. And then finally... Sasha Banks was gone. Nobody knew where she went. She just had enough for a while and just was off screen, didn't do anything. There's speculation she might go to AEW, and she was just off the radar. So guess who got time to shine? Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair became a thing, and it's just like seeing the two of them in the ring together, I could give a rat's ass. I could give a rat's ass. I would not, I would not want to watch that match. Ooh, I do see that. Invader Zed. Enjoy that Hunter versus X Hunter. Nick, are you muted or something? Are you still frozen? I'm trying to watch you engage you, but I'm struggling here, buddy. I'm struggling. I don't know if you're nodding in approval for me to continue. If, 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 oh man, this is, 
This is something else. You're never gonna break my stride. Like I know you like I know you want to say something, but I can't hear you. I get oh and you gotta get don't see this is you can't do this. You can't play with my heart. Don't don't be playing with my heart like this. It hurts. It hurts. To get to get to, to get to the roundabout, to get to the end of the story. What's happening right now is a lot of people on Twitter are are targeting Charlotte and, and just like this is where I should be like, oh man, I just want to jump right in this hate wagon and just just bomb the shaver. Because she deserves it. In a way, I feel like she does. And at the same time, I see a person in Charlotte, and this is the, the, the first time I've seen a human being inside of Charlotte where it's like, I hate to admit it, but I don't see where she was in the wrong other than how she acted in response to Becky Lynch. But to 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 play her out as the villain and not have Becky Lynch take responsibility? Yeah. So to take responsibility for her actions and just the fact that she's not getting blamed, I just think it's bullshit. So this is your one your one free card for me, Charlotte. I'm giving it to you. I'm with you on this one. However, I just don't care whether you bomb or or, or you make it or whatever. Because guess what? At the end of the day, I'm still against you. So I'm still rooting against you. But I also have morals. And I, and I can't just sit here and just let this one person get beat up. You know what I mean? I can't let it – I can't – I'm, I'm on – uh, Nick was right. I, I I I have that underdog syndrome, dude. Charlotte is is getting is getting pounded from left and right, and I'm here to protect her. Whatever whatever that means, whatever that means. <laughs> Fuck Charlotte Flair, dude. Seriously, seriously. She's she's on Twitter crying about how like you know she can't help it that she's got the last name Flair, blah blah blah. But she. She's not getting opportunities because of her last name. She's earned them, blah, blah, blah. She's talking about her book, quoting all this stuff. I'm just like, dude, who cares? Who cares? You're on top no matter what. No matter what you say. What's the, what's the saying? Whether you, whether you say it or not, it doesn't matter. You might as well say it because people are going to believe what they're going to believe. I know there's a saying to that, and it's just... This is where Nick is helpful. He's got the lines, baby. He's got the lines. I can't be both. I can't be the the color commentator and the guy that brings the the the, the analytics, if you want. Ah, oh. try as you yeah. Was it try as you might? It's gonna come. It's gonna come and hit me like a tidal wave. What I'm getting at is that Charlotte Flair, villain, or Charlotte Flair, um, the underdog. You know, it doesn't matter. People are gonna perceive you how they will. So if they perceive you as Ric Flair's daughter, and and you're the champion because you're Ric Flair's daughter, and whether you earn that shot or not, people will perceive you that you got that because of nepotism. So whether or not it's the truth, that's how people are going to see it because perception is hindsight, and that's that's what people are going to see. So guess what? No matter what, it's a lose-lose situation for Charlotte Flair, whether she is intentional with what she's saying or she's just saying it because she doesn't want people to think that she's winning these titles and getting these shots because she's Ric Flair's daughter. doesn't matter, Charlotte. At the end of the day, whether this is the truth that we're not seeing, this is what we're going to see. And that's just 
That's the bottom line. Because the great one said what said so. I'm the great one. I'm still cold on the rock. I'm I'm two of them. Two peas in a pod. I don't know. To end off things, on my last note, if this is my final takeaway, if Nick's not coming back, if I'm left here alone to end the show, I just want you to know a few things that happened on this day in wrestling. One of my favorite things that happened in 1988 was a movie called They Live. And we talked about this in one of our first few episodes. Star Roddy Piper and Keith David. Now, to me, it was like the 1987 hit classic Predator. Like a poor man's knockoff of Predator. White man and black man, both both very strong. Best friends. Hanging out. Got the guns. Showing off the muscles. Hands in the pockets like Michael J. Fox looking cool in the 1980s. You know, Roddy Piper with his long hair. Everybody's got long hair in the movie. I don't understand. But I love long hair, so I got long hair. I get it. It's a cool thing. 80s, everybody was having long hair. They were doing it. 10-minute action fight. Probably the best fight scene I've ever seen in any movie. Just ridiculous. And they're laughing somewhat. Like they're fighting all serious, and then they stop, they stop, and they start laughing. And then they just start fighting again. Like, who doesn't love that, you know? So, on this day, that great movie by John Carpenter came out. Oh, just in time. I can hear you. We were talking about They Live. And now, we might have a Nick Lives. Also on this day, the guy you know as The Rock, the great one, the people's champion, debuted as Rocky Mavea. Um, and though that was a lackluster gimmick and a, a, a name that nobody wanted, The Rock made his debut on this day. And the last debut, the, De- the Deacon debuts. On this day. Who is the deacon? Well that was. David Batista. So he was the deacon. And then he became. David Batista. Or just known as Batista. On the following. On the following Raw. He did a Smackdown debut as the beacon. And then. Not the beacon. He's a beacon of light. I believe wasn't the deacon gimmick. Wasn't that his. Uh. He was going around with Devon Dudley, collecting money. That was the Deacon. I think that was what the Deacon gimmick was. He was Devon's sidekick, just collecting change from the crowd. And then he debuts as Batista on Raw. And he beats up Just Incredible in a, in a not-so-credible match 85 seconds later. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Stop, sh- stop screen sharing. Let's see if that works. We don't need it anymore because I already proved my point with uh, Charlotte. Is that better? It looks like it got worse. But yeah, that's the stand wrestling. Nick, if you come back from the from the future or the past, wherever you're coming from, I'll give you the final award. I've said all I could possibly say about Charlotte Flair. Next time it's about Pat McAfee and I'm coming for you. Just know, 
My goal for a long time is not have to talk about Charlotte Flair ever again. I gave her all the time of the day and all the time in the world on my podcast. One hour and 30 minutes worth was more than enough to give to Charlotte Flair. You had your time on my podcast, Charlotte, but not no more. Woo! I really want to end the podcast, but I really want to give Nick the chance to be the, the sign-off. Guys, you always know where to find us. Whether whether we're live on Thursdays or not, one Thursday at least you'll see us be, be live. Flair is Jacques, dormez-vous, dormez-vous. Means we're all going to go to sleep eventually pretty soon here. Oh, I got a cramp. That's not good. Been sitting too long. Oh, I can't move. Just know. If you don't like looking at our ugly mugs, you can listen to us on Google, Anchor, and Spotify. Oh, don't move. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook at The Wrestling Den and at Wrestling Den TM on Twitter. You can follow our sisters, um, Ron and Eric, at Sports Unfolded. They have Instagram. They got Facebook. They got Twitter. I got a huge cramp right now, and it hurts, and I'm doing the best that I can to get through this as a professional. We got Nick in the third dimension over here, or maybe the second dimension. I don't know. He's stuck somewhere in the Matrix. We appreciate you guys always watching. And, and thank you for tuning in, despite our long absence. Nick, if you can hear me, is there anything that you want to possibly try to say to everybody? The silent kiss. Guys, we appreciate you as always, and thank you for watching The Wrestling Dead. You as The Wrestling Dead is on. Stay tuned. Next week, we make biscuits.